what's going on with diamonds? What's the scoop? Where are they going? Where are they heading? We're going to talk about that in this episode of The Cannabis Goldsmith. This is a show about jewelry. Why we wear it, why it matters, how it's made, and what it means. I'm Alex D, and I turn cannabis into gold. I make mind-blowing jewelry in gold, silver, and platinum from cannabis plants here in Canada for stage, screen, for people who want to rock crazy jewelry. I'm the Cannabis Goldsmith. Did you know that diamonds were first used by humans as tools? That's right. Before they were gems, they were used as tools. And we discovered, I guess, in the 5th century that little pieces of diamond were harder than other kinds of materials. And it's thought that in India and in the subcontinent, uh, is where this was discovered, where they they uh, hit a diamond in a certain way and it splintered into a million little pieces, and some of them were really sharp. And the uh, the craftspeople from the area back in the back at in the day in the subcontinent, they took some of these little pieces and they mounted them on sticks and use them to scratch patterns into harder materials like other stones. Stone carving was huge back then. And here was this material that was so hard it it was easy to cut other materials with. So this was diamond. And um, they discovered maybe, I guess in the 1300s that, or maybe the 1200s, the 1200s, they discovered that they can embed diamonds in metal. And it was discovered by accident, I guess, when they were trying to split a diamond, they had a diamond on an anvil and hit it with a hammer or a sword or something metal that had been heated. Instead of the diamonds splitting into a million pieces like they often did, they got embedded in the metal. And when the metal cooled, they became part of the surface of the metal. And this became a kind of file that they could use to file other materials with. So that was kind of the idea behind diamond-coated tools that enable the maker, the craftsperson, to cut through really hard materials like stainless steel or tungsten or even other diamonds. You see, the only way to cut through a diamond is with another diamond. So... The people in the subcontinent discovered that, too. The Chinese, the Chinese roughly around the same time, um, maybe a little later, used uh, diamonds to carve jade. And in fact, they called diamonds jade carving knife. That's what they called diamonds because they were so good at carving jade, which jade they considered the, the, the most precious of this, the, the gemstones and they were using diamonds to carve them. Okay, that's before jewelry. That's like, that's a long time ago. And diamonds have come a long way since then. There's entire 
industries and cultures that have built uh, been built up around diamonds. A lot of it is marketing, um, but there's still a certain something about diamonds because there's they're rare. They're not that rare, as we'll talk about, but they're rare. But the tool thing is important. So diamonds have always had a place in human development and human culture. And they always will. But something is happening to them. They're being attacked on all sides by politics, by crime, by just time. I think time has struck diamonds here really hard. And I don't know if they're going to be able to survive it. Or at least they're not going to be the same as they once were. So if you come to this podcast thinking that you're going to learn about how to buy diamonds for your ring in this particular episode, maybe not. What we're going to talk about is diamonds, how diamonds are right now in the world. What's going on with them and as in a general way. So in a more directional way. If you've been, if you're alive in the world today, you know that there's a huge war going on in Ukraine and Russia. It's huge. It's giant. It's, it's causing a lot of economic turmoil in the world. Russia has been cut off by, um, economically by most of the world. I mean, a few countries are dealing with them. A few countries have have trade relationships that are still semi-functional or functional. And some have completely unimpeded trade relationships with Russia. Russia is a huge source of diamonds. So I guess in the president of Russia's uh, thinking, he thought that maybe, you know, we have this huge a lot of diamonds let's uh we need the money everyone's cut us off so let's sell them so these diamonds are beginning to flow into the the diamond markets of the world through back channels and through the trade routes that are still open for the the diamonds to leave russia and somehow get into the economy the diamond economy of the world and wind up in rings or as investment stones and in people's safes or safes or whatever. And this defeats the purpose of trade sanctions. So there's a lot of questions now about how can we how can we mark diamonds? How can we track and trace diamonds? Like they the, the industry has been trying to do this since the 2000s when I'm sure you've heard of the term conflict diamonds. Uh, and conflict diamonds, uh, there was even a Leonardo DiCaprio movie about it that is actually pretty good and uh, worth watching, I suppose. But the thing is, conflict diamonds are diamonds that come, uh, that I guess they were thinking, okay, we have these countries in Africa where a lot of diamonds are, are being mined and there's these corrupt leaders that are, that, that are, um, that are taking the diamonds and selling them, uh, and basically stealing the money from their own countries and their own people. 
and um, you know, forcing people to work in mines to extract them. It's just just horrific nightmare shit going on. So in the 2000s, the industry said, okay, let's let's stop this if we can. And uh, how we do this is they've created this label, conflict diamonds, and then. Then the question was, how can we differentiate between conflict diamonds and, and legitimate diamonds in the, in the available in, to the world, right? So this was the problem, and it still is today. So nearly a quarter of a century later, we're still faced with this thing is how can you tell diamonds apart, or can you? Can you tell diamonds apart? Because this is important. If you have a table and you're sitting in front of a table, imagine you're some diamond buyer. You're a diamond buyer. You're sitting in front of this, this table and, and there's these little packets in front of you with a stone in each. They look the same. Both the stones look exactly the same. They weigh the same. They have the same color. One is a conflict diamond, one is not. You can't tell them apart visually, and you can't tell them apart at the atomic level so far. So how do you tell them apart? Well, that's the issue, right? And there's a track and trace thing that started coming in, into play which you sometimes see with eggs at the supermarket or coffee beans from your favorite grower. This idea that you could maybe determine where the chickens were, were walking around, uh, what farm it came from, the time the egg was laid, and then all that stamped somehow in a code on the bottom of the egg the carton of eggs that you buy at the shop, you sort of can trace it back all the way to where it came from. And the granularity of it, I mean, what I mean there is the specificity of it is that, you know, you can find out that the eggs not only come from the USA, but from New York, from a particular farm in upstate New York, you can you can get really granular, and this is the kind of granularity that's needed in the in the tracking and tracing of diamonds. And now this is really hard to do. It's really hard to do. I mean, as a young man, I lived in what was Zaire. It's called the DRC now, and diamonds are coming out of that country from conflict zones and going into the world markets. And no matter what the track and trace people will tell you about how, how they're trying to do it with gold now too. It's like saying the same thing, you know, ethically sourced gold or whatever. I think it's a, it's a lot of marketing. That's what I think. That's my opinion. But anyway, I lived in, in this, in a, in a, in a country where there were conflicts going on, conflict diamonds were being extracted from the ground. And uh, if some guy showed up from North America or Europe you know, with great plans to track and trace uh, the diamonds coming out of, the, out of Zaire at the time, you know what? In order to even get into the country, he would have had to bribe the customs, uh, <laughs> bribe the... Uh, um, the, the immigration officials at the airport. That's the moment it starts. Is like 
even getting off the plane now probably, in order for the guy to open the door on the plane, you have to bribe him. Then once you get to the, uh, once you get to the airport, you, in order for the guy to look at your passport, you have to slip him some money. So and then he'll take his passport, go to his boss, then his boss will come out. You don't have to bribe him. This is even before you get into the country, right? Now, the guy coming from Europe with his good intentions to track and trace doesn't stand a hope in hell of any of it being real in this country. Let me tell you, for 10 US dollars, you can get as many affidavits of certification or source from local individuals as you want. Thousands, tens of thousands, whatever, 10. There is so much corruption in these countries that it, 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 the whole process is, is meaningless in these countries, the whole track and trace process. This is my opinion. So let's say in the 70s when I was there, it was super corrupt. Now I'm sure it's, uh, it's worse. But, but that, that's the, the idea is to try and separate conflict diamonds from non-conflict diamonds. But today there's another issue. It's, there's the war in Russia. Russia wants to earn foreign exchange money to pay off its war debt and its soldiers or whatever it's doing. So it's a conflict, right? And that Russia is a huge source of diamonds. So all these diamonds are flowing into international markets through back channels. And here we are again. What do we do? How do we differentiate between those diamonds and the kind that are... Uh, mind in my country here in Canada that are 100% legitimate, that uh, the mines up north benefit the local communities, and the stones that come out of them are, are not conflict diamonds. I mean, that's a fact. But how can you tell the difference between those diamonds and the stuff that is coming out of Russia through back channels? At this point, you can't. There's no way to tell. So diamonds, do they have a future? In that respect, economic, uh, economically, yes, because they're still holding some value. Um, and as a, as a way to move money around, it's kind of, they're kind of like old school crypto, basically, right? Um, but the thing is with them now, they're not only faced with this, this political stuff going on, the track and trace stuff from conflict zones. The, some people are very sensitive to what, what, kind, what they buy and what they wear. If, if, if I bought something that I, you know, if I knew like kids were being forced at gunpoint to crawl into holes in the ground to bring them out, uh, and and uh, so it could look great on my finger. I wouldn't want it on my finger. I wouldn't want that there, right? It it would disgust me. And I think most people they don't want to know that shit. They want to know that oh, it's 
you know, it's, uh, it's a miracle of the earth, right? And now it's on my finger. Um, but how it got there is, is important. It's an important thing to think about. Now, our dimes coming out of Canada, they're, you know, like I said, I mean, these are, these are mined the best possible way, I suppose, diamonds can be mined in the world uh, to, to become gemstones or industrial diamonds or whatever. But now they they're, it can be easily confused with other diamonds coming from conflicts or crime or whatever. How do you tell them apart? Now, that's the issue. So I was reading with interest the other day an article about about determining whether diamonds come from Russia or not. Now, how would you do that? How, how would you know diamonds were coming from Russia? If they were sitting on a table, you're not, uh, you can't tell them apart visually. You can look at them under high magnification. You can't tell them apart. These days, you can pretty much tell a synthetic or manufactured diamond from a natural diamond. And there are machines that exist to do that, that have been developed. They're pretty expensive, but you can tell a, with a pretty good rate of confidence that a manufactured diamond is a manufactured diamond and a natural diamond is a natural diamond. You could tell the difference between them. But when it comes to source, like origin, that's a whole other matter. So people are thinking, how can you do this? Well, well, there's a company that has invented this idea. It's a theory, I think, or it's a product they're trying to sell or whatever called Space Code. The name is freaking awesome. Space Code. You need Space Code. And what Space Code is, is... Think of it as a black box that, this is what I gathered from the article that I read on JCK Online. Uh, I'll put these uh, links to uh, Rob Bates's excellent articles on this in the show notes. So you can go and see where I got this information from uh, and go to the source in case I mess it up in this podcast. But um, the idea is it's, it's a black box. It's kind of like... Um, you put, it's like a, a not a, a an automatic bread baker, but it's a it's a Star Trek device where you put an object on it and the computer tells you what it is. It's like, oh, this is a diamond from Russia, or this is a diamond from Namibia, or this is a diamond from whatever country. And the guy, the space code people are saying that you know over time we'll be able to to narrow it down to to the mine in the country to where it came from and and how this is supposed to work um is that it, ai of course everything is ai these days but this is they they train their ai on some diamond samples and eventually get smart enough to distinguish where the diamonds come from what country what mine and then after that's accomplished, you'd be able to have trade trade sanctions, uh, effective trade sanctions against diamond trading from that particular country because you could automatically tell if the stones were coming from Russia and stop them from entering the system. 
in the, the diamond economy. That's very Star Trek. Space code. It would be great, wouldn't it? You could put like, you could put anything in there and it'd be like uh, marshmallow or like um, you put like a pair of glasses in it. Eyeglasses, nearsighted. Very, uh, very, um, I guess very tech bro, I think. Uh, the idea is a very tech bro idea. And, you know, let's hope it works because there needs to be some way to identify uh, stones, diamonds. If you want to be able to have laws that regulate which countries can sell them, you need to be able to tell them apart. Otherwise, it's just stupid, right? It doesn't make any sense. It, it makes no sense whatsoever. So somebody better invent one of these machines quick, whether it's space code or somebody else. But I have a feeling that the space code people, from what I gather from the article, is that they've their data set is only a thousand samples. <laughs> Any anyone um, who's excuse me, anyone who's who's even looked at Chat GPT knows what a set what a data set size the that is using is like billions or whatever of there goes a, on a bike billions of billions of of points data points right to got to to give you the wrong answer uh, to a question so can, can you imagine how many diamonds would have to be actually uh, from every point part of the world and then maybe millions from each part of the world in order for this idea statistically to have to work right i mean it is achievable good luck guys i hope you can do it and if you get your financing or whatever you want maybe you can maybe some billionaire will like will like look at you and go holy fuck what a great idea anyway i don't know if it is or not i'm just saying somebody's got to invent a machine that can tell the difference between diamonds if uh, if the industry wants to regulate um where they're coming from anyway how this machine is supposed to work or machines like it um is they'll scan the diamond and then they'll detect um they'll detect micro components or at the atomic level or whatever like the soil in one part of the world is different or the the ground the the earth and is different so where the diamond is growing underground under high pressure and temperature its makeup will be slightly different from one say uh, you know 100 kilometers away or maybe not like who knows right none of this is even known right or tested or proven or none of that's known all right what if um you know all these continents were all together i i people should think about that too it's like back in the day when there was only one continent when these diamonds were probably forming um isn't that one place anyway i don't understand any of this side shit I'm just a I'm just a jewelry designer, photographer, a dude. I'm just a I'm just an old cranky dude here in the Thousand Islands area of Ontario, making jewelry out of cannabis. So, uh, like I don't know what the hell's going on. Anyway, uh, okay, so okay, that this distinguishing diamonds one diamond from another is impossible. I mean, it, it, you can tell the quality of diamonds. There's a there's there's a real 
thing around that where where a gemologist can if presented if they're given a diamond they can whip out a a 10x lens look at it and tell you about it and describe it and and assess its value in today's market right that's a whole other thing we'll get into that in another episode but you you know that's that's how it's it's done like that right it's probably done by machine now too you can like you know, at scale doing like uh, millions a day or whatever, little tiny diamonds, the AI in a computer could probably determine what they're, what types of diamonds they are, sort them, do all that kind of stuff at scale. All right. But generally a person with a, uh, a lens looking at a diamond and determining its value. All right. That's let's, let's say, let's put that aside for a moment, but, what if you need more? You need to know where it came from. So these companies are surfacing like Space Code. And there's another company that wants to use blockchain technology to track and trace diamonds. Uh, you know, the blockchain, the whole crypto thing, it fi is finally hitting the jewelry sector. It crypto kitties meets jewelry sector. The the blockchain people suggest that okay let's let's get each track and trace each diamond from mine to ring all along the way uh, it's barcoded it's uh, it's followed along this and all this information is pre preserved in the blockchain so you'll be able to follow it back in time or whatever and. You know, I, I you know, I, I emailed Rob about this because I read this in his piece and I'm like, you know what, like why blockchain? This is like the blockchain bros are hitting the jewelry trade now. It's like, God, they've been blown out of all the other uh, all, all the other industries like everything else is gone. The tech thing, sports, whatever they were doing, porn. Now they're hitting the jewelry trade with blockchain ideas. This is the first thought I had, right? This company is probably not doing this, but but the idea is, okay, blockchain is a super slow database. Like, why not just use regular databases? Like, if the hardest part of this whole thing is the, tra the, tra the tracking and tracing from the mine to the ring, the blockchain, whether it's blockchain or an ordinary database doesn't matter. That whole other part is the really difficult thing. That's the heavy lift, right? So I don't know. I think these guys are just trying to get financing for their ideas. I think like that's what I think. And again, good luck to them. I mean, because we need something. Right? Maybe something will happen where we'll be able to tell diamonds apart. I mean, we'll, we'll be able to know what they're worth in a declining market, uh, which is, seems to be the case now as the, the value of them is going down and down. The um, the the ways of trying to identifying them are getting more desperate. So it seems I I don't know if there's even a solution to being able to determine which diamonds come from what country, if it's at all possible. Who the hell knows? Like I have no idea. And space code. Good luck with your machine. Like look, if it works, dude, man, that's gonna rock. That's gonna be like huge. So. Good luck with your getting your financing or whatever you're doing for Space Code. And if any of you brilliant young engineers out there who have been laid off from the tech industry can figure out a way to 
actually make a product that can differentiate diamonds by mine source, man, you're you'd be the next Elon. But diamonds have another thing. Poor old diamonds, they're just getting seriously yeah, man. Now we have manufactured diamonds. At first, people figured out, okay, diamonds are made in the deep in the earth under high pressure and high temperature. And they're pure pure carbon. So what if we get pure carbon? Let's take this charcoal briquette or whatever, and we'll we'll pressurize it and 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 apply heat and see what happens. Or coal or whatever they use. I don't know. They probably started with coal. I don't know. Uh, I should have studied that with this podcast. But anyway, so here they are. They create a, a they create a diamond, uh, the first manufactured diamond, and it's pretty good, right? And they're like, "Wow, this is cool," but it's very small, you know, tiny, 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 and um, <laughs> so. Not a lot of the the natural diamond people are worried or are worried about it, right? They're saying, okay, you know, these tiny diamonds are great for industrial use, for for putting in drill bits or whatever, or tile saws, and uh, that's great. Now we can focus on our our gem quality diamonds and uh, figure out a way to determine where they come from. So, but no, no, no. Manufacture like technology progresses, it's like uh, Moore's law of diamond uh, diamond manufacturing. They're now making ten carat diamonds, manufactured diamonds, ten carat diamonds, right? And this is direct competition to natural diamonds, the biggest natural diamonds found in nature, which are 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 kind of the super cream of the crop for diamonds, the investment grade diamonds, the expensive diamonds, the ones people get excited about, you know? Now you can you can crank them out of a factory at 10 carats now. I bet in five years they'll be making them 20 or 30 or 50 carats. And then then you'll people will be wearing these giant uh, these giant scepter a star of Africa diamonds like everywhere. Like the hip hop guys, they'll have them all over. Like they'll be like just wheelbarrows full of them, like out in the front yeah, in the front yard of their mansions and shit, like with fountains shooting out of them. Like okay, I had a um, I might have had a just a small draw of a spliff this morning. The knee was hurting. But anyway, the um, the next show I think I'm going to do about manufactured diamonds. Like we'll, we'll talk about that. And by that I'm not meaning synthetic diamonds, not artificial. Well, yeah, well, no, we'll talk about what they are. You know, they're not fake diamonds. They're actually real diamonds, but they're made in a machine, and they're direct competition for diamond mines. So that's what we'll talk about next time on the Cannabis Goldsmith. Maybe some there might be some breaking news or something about um, about something else that I can talk about. Oh, what am I working on now? I should tell you what I'm working on now. I spent hours recalibrating my laser, my industrial laser lens yesterday. And geez, like, yeah. Uh, Stuff like numbers and recalibration, that kind of shit. No, I'm a I'm an artist, a designer. 
not a not a recalibrator so it took me probably 10 times longer than it would a normal person to do um to recalibrate my la my laser lens and what that means is that when i got it the beam shines through a lens onto what whatever you're burning off or whatever whatever you're engraving and if the software tells the laser beam what lens it's going through uh, how far it is, sort of, it, all this all this stuff, the software needs to know all this information in order to project the laser properly on the material. And mine was off uh, quite a bit, actually. And so the whole process is that you, you create a square and you project it with your laser on a, on a, like a piece of metal. And you measure the square to see if it's square. And you measure if it's the same size on your software and on your computer screen as it is on the, on the, uh, on the laser on the platform that you're zapping. Uh, pew, pew. Um, and then if they are, great. If they're not, then you have to calibrate it and adjust, make these minor adjustments in software until it's, everything is square, perfect. And, and, then, and then what happens is then when it is, your beam is super accurate so you can like do this like amazing detail shit with that and um this is what i'm doing with this stuff uh, this year so with this tool this year so it's going to be just it's just going to be great now i managed to true it up it's 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 calibrated it's amazing so the laser is going to rock. I'm going to try zapping through some a ceramic subway tile today as a test just to see what that looks like. The jewelry stuff is coming along nicely. The plants are growing and I'm taking leaves off them and, um, and working with them and making models for pieces that will be for sale this Christmas. So that's what I'm doing. I'm not going to talk about, I'm working on some super top secret shit right now that I'm not going to talk about. I want to, but I'm not going to talk about it. The Cannabis Goldsmith is produced by Tribe Communications, Inc. in the Thousand Islands area of Ontario, Canada. You can see what we do at tribe.ca. Send us an email, alexd at cannabisgoldsmith.com. Thanks for listening. And we'll see you next week on the Cannabis Goldsmith.